Hey listeners, it's Tig. What you're about to hear is audio from a live streaming show I did with my friend Nick Kroll earlier this year. I hope you enjoy our nonsense. Also, stay tuned because we plan on doing more live shows in the future and you don't want to miss out. And you also don't want to miss out on my national tour called Hello Again. You can go to my website, tignotaro.com. Get your tickets, get your holiday gifts, which can be in the form of tickets to my shows at tignotaro.com. All the links are there. There's going to be more shows added, but for now, it's a pretty hefty amount of shows. So um, don't miss out and come see why I'm calling the show Hello Again. I know you think it's an obvious reason, but there's another reason. Now, on with the show! Your hair looks great. It always does. You look great. Thank you. you. You've got a handsome mug. Thank you. You've got a stellar physique. <laughs> you've got a bright brain. Yeah. You know just what to say to a fellow over Zoom during a live podcast. <laughs> This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro. This is my live show where I can tell you over Zoom, my advice to you is to stop asking me for advice. My guest today is actor, comedian, producer, and truly a dear, dear old pal of mine. You know him from Big Mouth, The League, The Oh Hello Show, The Kroll Show, Joining me now is Nick Kroll. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Are you wowed by your credits? Thank you. Thank you for that incredibly generous reading of credits that I think I sent along to you to read aloud. You didn't put dear, dear old pal in, though. No. I put, I think, recent acquaintance. That is not true. When did we meet, Nick? I think it was 2006. Maybe even earlier, because I moved to L.A. in 2007. We had a, I'll call it a torrid love affair. Um, <laughs> Indeed. I remember thinking, I made a friend named Tig and being in my apartment in New York. So sometime around 05, 06. It's been at least 15 years. You were in your apartment thinking, I made a friend named yeah. Tig? Yeah. You never told me that? You might have stayed over at that apartment in New York. I believe many times. Yeah. We didn't have our own podcasts and uh, merch. We didn't have our own mugs. No. no way. You hadn't invented the podcast yet. No. This is the very first podcast <laughs> ever invented. But I remember, where did we meet? At that um, co that comedy? At Rafifi, uh, likely, I would imagine. Rafifi. Yeah. I think we met at Rafifi. And it was instant love for me. Yes. And I think I went probably to my friend's apartment where I was staying in New York and thought to myself, I just made a friend named Nick Kroll. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we were fast friends. We were giggly fast friends. Yeah. Uh, Tig, I've noticed there is a the essence of a person floating behind you, and I don't know if that's a ghost or a person, and I just wanted to... Nor do I. I have a lot of roommates. <laughs> I have a spouse. I have two little 
children. There will be five. And I have three cats. And I have a father-in-law. So who knows what's going on behind me right now? Actually, they typically wander around the house in one of those horse costumes where one person Mm -hmm. is the back legs and one is the front. Is it always the same or does it switch back and forth? Who's who? Um, Max is usually the back. Mm -hmm. Finn is in the front. And I always fall for it. I always think there is a horse in our house. (laughs) And then a lot of times my father-in-law is riding the horse. So they're sturdy. They're in the core. They've they've got strong cores, those boys. Oh, yeah. They're vegan. These are plant-based children. These are plant-based children dressed as a horse (laughs) with their grandfather riding them around the house. So it's busy. It's busy over here, Nick. That's great. That's wonderful news. Now, Nick. Yeah. Since you are a dear old pal of mine, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask if you remember any good advice I've given you or bad advice even. The fallacy with your podcast is I would never recommend anyone to get advice from you. And I don't know if you talk about that or not. I mean, it's a... Of course. Yeah. But I will say you're an advice by example person. And people are then drawn to you like they are to the Don't Ask Tig Live podcast. Um, Thank you for uh, mentioning that. Yeah. Mugs mugs available. T-shirts available. Unisex T-shirts. Pins. Unisex pins. Unisex pins. And then very gender normative pins as well. Highly gender specific. Yes. And um, non-binary mugs. Yes. They also have. Yes. And you apply it. I try. I don't do it well. I don't have the inner confidence of a Tignataro. I have uh, the outer confidence of a Nick Kroll, which is very different from the inner confidence of a Tignataro. If you have the outer confidence of a Nick Kroll, what, what's what's in there? I have the outer confidence of a Nick Kroll. I have the inner confidence of two five-year-old boys in a horse costume. <laughs> With a uh, grandfather yeah, on top? Yeah, with a grandpa, like, truly crushing them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in your in your show, um, Big Mouth, it's mm-hmm. hilarious, it's ridiculous, and it's, it's so Nick Kroll. <laughs> I'm just curious if you were like, this is where I've been heading all of these years, and this feels right. Or does it just feel like a, this is a moment, and... I would like to move on to this next. I've settled in a really loving animation, especially in the last year when it was so hard to get anything else done. But I really love the process of animation. What I have grown to love about the show, which I didn't entirely realize, even though the show is based on my me and my friend Andrew's childhood and going through puberty, or in my case, not going through puberty, that was going to be a jumping off point, and it continues to be, but it has become an incredibly personal and weirdly autobiographical show. And so I have learned to love and settle into a more vulnerable, revelatory version of my comedy and my art, which is something that I have also watched you do over the years, which I think both of us, when we met 15 years ago, we were not doing, I don't think the most personal, truly personal material of our lives. No. And so I have grown to love that and, and learn from that and learn a lot about telling stories. And the show is about puberty and, and human sexual development and talking to parents and kids and hearing that the show can spark real conversations between kids and their parents or educators or their peers about what they're going through and making kids hopefully feel not so alone in it. Um, really brings me a lot of joy, even though it's incredibly dirty. It's a very dirty show, but I guess I'm a dirty fellow as well. 
And I've, I feel very lucky that I've been able to follow my instinct and it has led me somewhere useful most times. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, even though the show is dirty, it's so helpful to kids and parents and conversations. And then for those that are beyond those years, it's just the Nick Kroll nonsense that mm-hmm. people are looking for. Anybody looking for that Nick Kroll nonsense? Yeah. You look no further than Big Mouth. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. So, Nicholas, it was great catching up, yeah. but it's time to help our audience. Let's do it. Let's help. All right. Let's help. We're going to try and give some advice. Mm-hmm. First up, we have a question from Nicole. Hi, Tig and Nick. I'm in need of advice. So I'm staying with my family currently and we all moved into a new rental house and my sisters from the start called the two rooms downstairs. So I'm staying upstairs with my dad and all's been going well until the first night that his girlfriend stayed over. And I realized the walls are paper thin and I heard more than I want to admit that I did. I'm not really sure if I should just tell them that I can hear them. You know, what would you guys do in that instance? Thank you. Oh, Nicole. You know, this is an easy answer, and I'm thinking of it immediately because it's how I go to sleep every night now. I wear earplugs. Oh. Because our sons started to get in bed with us, and I am so... I'm intense about, I want to eat right. I want to exercise every day and I want to get sleep. But um, I just, they woke me up every time. Cause one comes in at like one in the morning. Then the other one comes in at four in the morning. And then we have cats at the foot of our bed. And have they been out partying? Yeah, I don't know where they've been. I mean, we leave our doors open, of course, for people to come and go. Uh, mm-hmm. The horse has to let itself out. <laughs> but I started wearing earplugs. In fact, Stephanie told me the earthquake that happened a couple of nights ago. Yeah. She said, woke her up and she looked over and I was snoring with my mouth agape. (laughs) 50 and loving it, baby. 50 and loving it. I mean, here's my advice to her is, Nicole, you should be like, hey, there's this great podcast called Don't Ask Tig. Maybe you should listen to it. Um, first of all, I will say this, it's gotta be awkward, but like, I'm glad your dad is, uh, sexually active and having a good time. That's wonderful. Yeah. She sounds thrilled. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think earplugs are the solution because you don't want to stop your dad from enjoying the pleasures of life, but also you shouldn't have to listen to your dad. You know, but you're, you're, she's only living temporarily there, right? This is just because the pandemic, it seems like. And I would find it to be a motivation to get out of there. Sure. Get vaccinated. And if you can, I don't know if you're employed, obviously, I don't know much about you, Nicole, but if you can afford to get a place of your own, I would highly recommend it. And until then, just plug the ears. Yeah. And or, Drink yourself unconscious. My other piece of advice is put a walkie-talkie in his room and then put the other one in one of your sister's rooms. Mm. Then they'll think that they're hearing all of it coming downstairs. So then they switch with you, hoping they'll get out of it. Maybe put a speaker on top of the house. Bring the neighbors in. (laughs) Get everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nicole, your dad seems to be getting lucky, and uh, I hope the same for you. You know what I'm saying, Nicole. I do. Good luck. 
We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from my conversation with Nick Kroll right after the break. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Janae Desmond-Harris, a.k.a. Dear Prudence, and I want you to tell me about all your problems. Each week on Slate's Dear Prudence podcast, I'm here to tackle your questions about relationships, sex, work, family, and beyond, all with the help of an expert guest. We'll help you navigate it all. Whether you're a teen dealing with parents, an adult looking to spice up your sex life, or you just need some validation that you're not losing it, we're here to listen and to offer some guidance. Need help? Just ask Prudy. New episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next question, Nick, comes from Lauren. Okay. Okay. Lauren writes, an old friend keeps inviting me to her dog's birthday party every year, and it's always the same weekend as my birthday. She even went so far as to throw me and the dog a joint birthday party, photoshopping a photo of myself and her dog together to send as the invitation, all without asking me. Mm-hmm. How do I tell this person that all of our friends think it's annoying to keep inviting people to your dog's birthday Pawty, P-A-W-T-Y, year after year. Nick, do you have any feelings? Yeah, I mean, my instinct is this is larger than this one birthday party issue with this friend. I think this seems like a Thank friend. Thank you for sticking with the correct pronunciation. I will always pronounce as... as pronunciation. Pronunciation, yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's doggone unacceptable to... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rough. It's <laughs> if I've told her once, I've told her canine times that it's not okay. Mm. What are you eating? We're on a live. I popped a clementine. 
Um, what do you, Lauren needs our help. Here's the deal. Lauren, my instinct is this, this friend has bigger issues. This friend seems like a little tone deaf and invites you to her dog's birthday party. This is coming from somebody who pops a clementine during a live streaming show of a global hit sensation of a podcast. That's you want to talk and, tone deaf. And if you chose to end our friendship and this podcast right now, I would understand because I have overstepped the boundaries of what's acceptable in the world of podcasting. Yeah, you don't pop clementines. <laughs> I know. That's why. Put the whole thing in your mouth. Put the whole thing in your mouth. Now, mm-hmm. Lauren, let me interrupt, okay? While Nick has a... Okay. You and Nick are both taking this way too seriously. This friend of yours, I, I should be so lucky to have somebody throw a party for me and a dog. <laughs> I would be thrilled if somebody threw a party for me and a dog and didn't even ask me and put me on a flyer. Would you be mad at me, Nick, if I threw a party for you and my cats? Um, I, I, I guess you're right. I think it depends on how much you love animals. And I love when people love their pets, but I also think it's also like, you don't know that dog's birthday. You've created that day for that birthday. You don't know that dog's birthday. Do you? You could have been there when the dog was born. Maybe, you know, that's true. I am a doggy doula. Personally, I am a doggy doula. And congrats on getting that certification. Thank you. Thank you. It was very hard to get that paw print. Yeah. <laughs> you know how the doggy bureaucracy works. It's so hard to get. Oh, that. yeah. Just hours and hours. But I don't know. Do you, do you know your cat's birthdays? Um, yes. One of them is April 22nd and the other one is August 8th. Any more stupid questions? <laughs> All right. Um, so, Lauren... I say lighten up and have fun at the dog party. What? But, yeah, I don't agree. Okay. Well, it won't be the first time we fought. It will not be the last either. Actually, I don't know if we fought before. We haven't. All right. Um, Lauren. You should throw yourself a party and then invite the friend and the dog. Ooh. Or throw yourself a party and only invite dogs. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break from our time with Nick Kroll to answer a question that came in our therapy etiquette inbox. This segment is where we answer those awkward questions we all have as people getting the professional help we need and deserve, and it's sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Tilda in London, Ontario writes, My therapist and I found ourselves making some early-in-the-session banter about burlesque. It turns out it's a shared interest of ours. I actually spent my free time designing and fabricating my own corsetry. And after spending a couple years with her, I think I could get her measurements down. Do you think it would be weird if I gifted her a custom-tailored bodice? I truly appreciate all that she's given me during our sessions confidence, perspective, and good humor through the bad times. I'd love to give her something in return, or is this completely inappropriate? Tilda, it might be a good idea for you to put your gratitude into words instead, either verbally or maybe in a letter. This might more specifically address what about your relationship you appreciate, and it doubles as you know, invaluable feedback that she can actually use later on in her career and in your own therapy sessions. 
I think it's really, really nice that you appreciate your therapist and want to give the meaningful gift of corsetry to her, but maybe hold off. Um, it, it seems like giving gifts can create an inadvertent conflict of interest. And she may not be able to accept it because of professional reasons. And you can't really re-gift a custom corset. I mean, I don't know. what. I mean, you're looking at me to know? I don't know. That's The whole show's called Don't Ask Tig. I really, really don't ask me about corsets. I think just trusting that your therapist is there to help you and don't bring in the need to um, exchange gifts. I just, just trust that your therapist wants to be there for the sake of helping you. I hope that's been helpful or at least somewhat reassuring. Thanks to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Now let's get back to Nick Kroll. All right. So next up, Nick, we have a child care question from Rebecca. I'm ready. Hi, Tig. My nine-year-old daughter is going through a swearing phase. We thought we could demystify this and sort of shut it down by letting her use these words in our household since she hears them in our home. We did warn her that using it outside of the house was at her own risk and that she needed to read the room. It's gotten out of control. I'm now fielding calls from other parents that are talking about her rotten mouth and there's something I need to do about it. I'm just not sure how to unring this bell. I think if we tell her to stop using it entirely, it will only intensify her desire to and make the problem worse. Help! Hmm. (laughs) Um, We're right in the middle of this. Max and Finn could not be sweeter, cuter, funnier, all of the things that everyone's kids are, which they're off the charts in every possible way. Mm -hmm. They... Well, mainly Finn, he curses. And we are in the same boat where they'll be five very soon. And we just think it's hilarious when they cuss. And I mean, they're, they're both very into sports and Finn will be, you know, holding the remote control and like flipping between games. And then somebody will miss a shot with some sport situation. And he's like, no, shh. <laughs> and we just look at each other and the only thing we've said is you know like uh rebecca did we said those are things you can say at home but you know if you say them around your friends or at school or your friend's house you know people might not like it and uh, i don't i just think it's so cute and they have little lisps and can't pronounce their r's and it's just how do you say no yeah I, it's very fair because I was the youngest of four. So my brother taught me every curse word. Like I have family friends now who are like five years older than me. And they told me that I taught them how to curse when I was like four or five years old, <laughs> even younger. I, I can't disagree with her. I mean, I think their, her, their instinct was like, read the room. Um, I guess it's also like, what's the intention of the swears? Like if it's at a sports game being like, Shit, like, Hilarious, cute, exciting. But if it's towards other kids, like you little, you know, whatever it is, then that's not, maybe that's something to be genuinely addressed. Like you can't call that person that. Right. I mean, and maybe your kid is hanging out with 
kids who have parents that are nerds? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind when Max and Finn are older and I run into these real problems that I'm just not running into right now. But I... I I don't know what to say because I'm just not there yet. I'm still in the phase of it's so funny and cute. And it's not all the time. They're not just, you know, potty mouths all day long. No. They will use it like an adult. They mimic Stephanie and her dad watching sports. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, what the hell is he doing? You know, that kind of thing. Right. They'll yell that. They throw their little hands in the air in disgust. Yes. And Finn will be like, he had the ball and then he stole it. What the hell is his problem? <laughs> and it's just, it's how could you ever say, don't say that? Yeah. Like you have to be like, all right, well, I will stop saying that or I will stop behaving this way. But words are wonderful. Dirty words are so funny. And um, my piece of advice was tell your kid to get friends with cooler parents. Right. And just think about it in terms of it's just, it's just a word. They're just words. It's just you. It sounds, it sounds like hit. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But you put an S there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm certain that didn't help, Rebecca. You know, the show's called Don't Ask Tig. Yeah. That's the first piece of advice is don't, don't ask Tig. Yeah. You, you, you blew it. The show's called Don't Ask Tig, and you you wrote in. Nick, next up, we're going to take a question from one of our Zoom audience members. Mm. Maureen asks, as a female, I've often been told to smile by older males. Mm. What is an appropriate response to this patriarchal request? Mm. Well, I'm going to tell everybody a little something about myself. I don't have the most smiley face all the time. That's not to say I don't smile. It's not to say I don't have one of the most gorgeous smiles in Hollywood. You have beautiful teeth. Thank you. You too. Thank you. But I'm not (laughs) a terribly smiley person as I just walk around planet Earth. And I have had people tell me to smile. And I'm not proud to say that I've responded with, I just got back from a funeral. (laughs) Because I find it so offensive. I find it so annoying. And I know I should be more direct and say whatever it is that I should say that's direct. But um, I think that's pretty direct. Well, to be direct would be more of like, you know, it's not your place Mm -hmm. to tell, you know, that whole thing, which is probably best. But I feel like saying something like I just got back from a funeral makes them think, oh, this is not appropriate for me to do. Yeah. My issue is I can't stop smiling at funerals. And <laughs> so I I get stuck. It's a different version of it. People say, please right. stop smiling. It's a funeral. Yeah. I go, sorry, I just got back from a wedding. And um, i sorry, I just got back from a dog birthday. Do you have any dogs? You've got, there got to be a lot of dogs out there named Tig these days. It's a great point you've made, Nick. Um why do you think there's a lot of dogs named Tig? It's such a great name. It's a great name for a dog. Thank you. And and I feel like people like want us Tig, come here Tig, come here Tig. Um Tig, stop stop it Tig. Stop it. There is and I I'm certain I've said this on this podcast before, but there is a woman in our neighborhood that Stephanie and I are endlessly amused by. 
her dog's name is Party Girl, and she yells at the dog. She'll be like, get over here, Party Girl. Stop it. Party Girl. <laughs> but it's like, how do you tell a party girl not to be a party girl? You know what I mean? It's like, that's, it's like. You set her up for failure. I know. Yeah. That's who she is. She's going to lose. Exactly. She's going to pee pee and poo poo all over the places on people's lawns. It's like the time I saw a, a flyer once of a, a little tiny chihuahua in a pink tutu with a missing sign. And I was like, well, obviously this dog took a bus to Manhattan mm-hmm. and has started a dance career. Why would you put a dog in a ballet yeah. outfit and not think that dog is going to first thing hitch a ride to New York? Go to New York. Get into Juilliard. Yeah. That's where that dog is. You did that. You think you want your dog back? No, you don't put a dog in a tutu because that dog is now living and performing on Broadway. Doing like, uh, what's it Ballet called? moves. Ballet moves. Right. That's what you were looking for. First position. Second. That move. dog is out there doing first position. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maureen, um, there's some real advice. Either be direct or tell him he just got back from a funeral. Nick, those are all of the questions mm-hmm. that we have time for. I know you want to keep doing it. But before we go, I do want to ask you what the best advice is that you've ever gotten. But I also want to know what the worst advice is that you've ever gotten. Um, do the Don't Ask Tig live podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was a tough, that was a tough piece of advice that I listened to. And did your team in Hollywood all get on a zoom and talk you into like, you gotta do this. Yeah. I was like, look, I'm not doing these things anymore. I am, I'm doing my ballet. I've mm-hmm. got the bar in my office, you know, to put my leg on. Um, what is your best advice you ever received in your Nick Kroll life? <sighs> I'll no, but I'll tell you the best advice that I give. Oh, and it applies to some of the questions that I've seen here from people, including one that was up around imposter syndrome. Um, When I graduated college and I moved to New York and um, I didn't know if I would eventually be on TIG's Zoom live podcast. um, Yeah. I mean, I assumed I would. Sure. You were on the trajectory. In 2001, I was like, well, eventually I'll be on an uninvented thing called a podcast with... You moved away from home to New York to eventually get on an uninvented thing called a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On a platform medium called Zoom that if if had not existed, we would use as a joke name for something. Right. And still will. Yeah. Just Um, then. Just We just did it. Um, My big piece of advice that I give people was my philosophy when I graduated and moved to New York and was trying to make it in show business was... I would rather feel rejection than regret. Does that make sense? Of course. I'd rather experience rejection than experience regret. At least you're like, all right, well, this didn't work, but I know. I know versus regret, which is I never knew. And that would be personally more crushing to me. It's very similar to doing comedy because when you aren't writing and creating something new and you're just staying safe with all of the old stuff, that's where the regret comes in. And there's nothing that feels dirtier than a safe comedy show. You can't scrub it off for weeks. And I think that going out on stage and taking a risk is avoiding that regret. 
And that's why I'm so glad that my team, my Hollywood team convinced me to do this podcast today against my better judgment. Yeah, I agree. I fought against it too. I didn't feel like you should do it. (laughs) And um, here you are. Here we are. Well, you won't have any, um, you know, like, oh, what would that have been like? Now, you know. Now I know. And you won't do it again. You won't do it again. Big, Mm -hmm. I want to be honest with you. Anytime you want me on the podcast, you go through my representation and they'll let you know whether I'm available or not. And then they'll let your assistant know (laughs) to tell you if you can make it or not. And the same goes for you. If you need anything, get in touch with my people and they will get in touch with my assistant. So kind of you. Nick, thank you so much for um, making an appearance on Don't Ask Tig and congrats on everything you do. Congrats on your marriage. Thank you. Your little human. Thank you. I cannot wait for your sons to meet my son so that they can teach him curse words. Oh, they would be happy to. And they also would love to meet him because they both really take pride in taking care of babies. When a baby comes over, they're like, we got to take care of the baby. We got to get the baby milk and we have to change the baby's diaper. I'm going to watch the baby and you go get the milk. It's like tag team dealing with the baby. They love it so much. It's so cute. And you genuinely let them change baby's diapers or? Yes, we have a baby diaper changing service over here. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not thorough, (laughs) but they try so hard. It's called tiny, dirty hands. Mm -hmm. And bottoms. (laughs) Nick, do you have anything that you would like to promote? Uh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth's on Netflix. Great. Yeah. All right. Would you like to promote Don't Ask Tig? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, You guys, if you haven't listened yet, you should go listen to Don't Ask Tig, the podcast, or Don't Ask Tig Live. Um, I think Nick Kroll's on an upcoming episode. I would would highly recommend that. I think so, too. Yeah. And I'd I'd love to just promote podcasts in general. Yeah. Whether they're this, old friends catching up, giving me advice, or news, or scripted, or true crime podcasts are a great way to pass the time don't forget to listen to don't ask tig every wednesday thank you nick kroll thank you everybody that checked out the show thank you dana and i'll tell becky thanks guys thank you tig Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lore. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark and Dan Latou. 
Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham and Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana. And I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, (laughs) we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool.